Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, a show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff, and today I have another special guest joining us. She has worked as a director on The Bernie Mac Show, Blackish, Grownish, Ugly Betty, Scrubs, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and many of our other favorite television series, Linda Mendoza. How are you doing today, Linda? Oh, hey, Cliff. I'm well. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know if you heard the clanging in the background. I'm in New York City, so yeah, we're going to have some <laughs> it sounds. Is, <laughs> it is all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I've been looking forward to this conversation that we're going to have today. And, yeah. and always, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show today. Sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take a moment to shout out all of our listeners in all 60 plus countries around the world. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Thank you for continuing to like, share, subscribe to the same show and spreading the word and helping us you know, get our listens up. And if you don't already follow us, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Sane underscore show. That's Sane, S-A-N-E underscore show. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find us on Facebook. That's Sane Show. Again, on Facebook, Sane Show. So today we're going to have a conversation about continuing education. Following that, we're going to talk about episodic television. And then following those two topics, we're going to have an interview with you, Linda, so that the listeners and I can learn more about you, the things you do, and all the fun and exciting things that go along into that. So let's go ahead and kick it off with our first topic, continuing education. You know, in, our, in the first conversation that we had, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me and that I really like about yourself being a, a seasoned professional in your field of work is that you're invested in continuing education and one of the things that i'll admit uh, being as young as i am especially like when you become good at something you you think you got it and you think you don't need to learn anymore and you don't want to take that time to invest in further growing yourself but when i think about continuing education i think one of the things that's important to understand is that it's not just going back to school you know to get a master's phd or whatever you you whatever degree you pursue or going into a program to get a certificate, but just general investing into like, you know, growing your knowledge base, whether that be reading, like, you know, in the industry, we all, we talk about reading the trade journals, you know, like Variety, like Hollywood Reporters, a lot of great information to be found in there for people uh-huh. in, in our, in our industry. But you touched on some, on some uh, great things uh, when we talked and the the fact of just staying informed no matter how it's done and because i mean continuing education is continuing education so you know i want to go ahead and turn it over to you just to you know get your insight on continuing education yeah i mean here's the thing i did not go to film school so for me everything about television and film is a continuing education I, you know, um, went to school to be a sociologist and kind of fell into the business. So, you know, I did start to take some classes and, but I really did fall into it. And so when I say continuing education, I mean things for me, like taking screenwriting classes, taking acting classes, you know, really seriously being, you know, like scene study classes, like really trying to understand 
what are the tools, you know, that a real director needs? Because I've worked with a lot of great directors as a production supervisor and as an AD. So I saw early on how many different genres, how many different mediums there were that you could know. So I'm one of those people that started in variety television. Like I was the AD on the Video Music Awards for MTV for like eight years, like some of their biggest shows. The Rock and Roll Inaugural Ball when Bill Clinton went in. You know, I did the first show ever when the Obamas were in the White House with Stevie Wonder. It was in performance at the White House, which had gone away for a while. So I come from a world that had a very different background in terms of filmmaking. I learned early on that there was a lot of stuff that I had to, you know, if I really wanted to be a director, I needed to understand all of these elements. So, so that's what I mean by continuing education. Like there's always new cameras to learn and what's not good about these cameras versus this. These don't have as much light. These have better zoom lenses. I learned a lot about lenses, which I didn't realize like we really should know what the difference is between a 35 and a 65 and what kind of shots you can get with that. All of this stuff just gives you tools to help you see your vision better. And so that's kind of what I mean by that. And also uh, this year, particularly, well, it's already going to be a year in August. I did a little show called Connecting for NBC, and it was a technical nightmare in terms of figuring it out, but it was figured out like eight different actors had cameras, sound packs, lighting equipment. You know, we got, they got set wardrobe, they got set makeup packs, like they were doing everything, you know, to build the show because it was all done remotely. I never left my office, even in when we were scouting, like it was all through the Zoom camera or through their phone, they would FaceTime so they could show us what's the entrance to the apartment, where are the windows, do they face south, do they face east, whatever that information is that you need when you're scouting. You know, so you can figure out the time of day you're going to shoot it. It's just like, it's always an opportunity to learn, Cliff, I find, no matter how long I've been doing this. And even watching my uh, director that's working now on uh, Harlem, the show I'm doing for Tracy Oliver, just watching this woman, Nima Barnett, like you see a different way of working. And, you know, you can take from that and, and put it in your tool belt. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm sure there's things from me that she, you know, has seen because, you know, we're different, right? We all have different minds and have different visions and that she's like, yeah, I like that. That goes in her tool belt, too. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And going between genres. Lord, it's a real learning curve on that. So I never would have thought that. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really is schedule tone everything between half hours and hours like and even hours like a Grey's Anatomy say compared to like a SVU the tones are so different in the style in which they're shot and and what they're about that's the kind of stuff that to this day fascinates me I had to go and test over there Chris Maloney was walking right by me and I'm still like starstruck after all these all these years (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh my god that's Chris Maloney (laughs) 
it's true, man. I like worked with Richard Dreyfus, Robin mm -hmm. Williams, Billy Crystal. I've worked with all these greats, and I'm like still starstruck. Ned Beatty, all the young comics, Bernie, Chris, Bernie, Bernie Mac, wow. Chris Rock. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I did the Chris Rock show for four years. That's actually, Cliff, where I really kind of got my chops up on my single camera stuff. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. You could go into that a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, Chris's show was a basic talk show, proscenium, you know, performance, some sketches. But he had these little pieces that we would do in the field. And at first, the first year was pretty much like man on the street. But then we started, we had a couple of fun things, but then we started to do more sketches in the field. So you had to get more creative with how you shot it and parody commercials and you know, so I was really able to like tap into that other side of my brain. And it was incredibly helpful uh, in getting the Bernie Mac show, actually. Although I had worked with Bernie, I did a, a short series for him for HBO, God bless him. And, um, and we had some single camera elements in that that were really funny, I have to say, super funny. Mm -hmm. And he was a guest on the Chris Rock show. I mean, it's kind of amazing how the world really is just one giant circle of people crossing through each other's lives. But Bernie came on the show. He was promoting Kings of Comedy. Mm. And he was our first guest. It was our last season. And Bernie's like, yeah, I'm doing this tour and working with this guy on a show. And if it goes, Linda, you're going to be there. And I, of course, like call my agent and my manager. I'm like, I, Bernie just said this. They're like, yeah, yeah. Like, don't, you're going to have to go, you know, get approved by the network. You'll probably get the one on the back nine. Like they were very like, not naysayers, but trying to keep it real, I guess. Mm -hmm. But Bernie had me meet Larry Wilmore and, and that was kind of amazing. And so I got the second episode and I got to follow the pilot director who, oh my gosh, I'm going to reset that up with his name. Oh, Ken Quapis. Ken Quapis, sorry, my brain's just a little tired, who was an amazing director. And talk about a learning experience, right? Being mm -hmm. there prepping while he's shooting the pilot. It was just a blessing. Like, I can't even believe Cliff. Like, wow. And then my second episode, that was the one that they played all the time the clips from during the world series that year i don't know if you remember that but they were like what is it with the world series and all the birdie mac clips but they were all from my episode from mm -hmm. hall of fame it was really cool <laughs> that's gotta be awesome yeah yeah oh man i'm so forever grateful you know people can say what they will about men in this business and there are definitely those mm -hmm. but i have been blessed to not have had that experience with my mentors who have all been men, starting with Dick Darley, who did the Rosemary freaking Clooney show and Space Patrol. And it's about time, I think it was called. And he was like a commercial director that I started working with and just taught me so much and gave me so much support. And then I started working with this guy, Bruce Gowers, who directed you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody video and we went on to do a ton of stand-up specials together, the VMAs together. Like, I was his PA and AD for 13 years. So that education on every single show that we did, I learned something. And it was 
the gifts, I mean, I just can't even tell you. I'm, I truly do thank God every day. And then Bernie, Kyle Bowser, and then Chris Rock, like all these men just saw me as somebody who was hardworking and honest and fun, right? And there was, it's just, it's just been an incredible blessing. All right, we're back. Now we're going to have a conversation about episodic television. So something that touched on a little bit in the previous segment definitely gave me a lot of great insight into, you know, episodic television in our first conversation that we had. You talked about there being multiple directors on set and how others are prepping while, you know, shooting is taking place for, you know, another, for a current episode. And I know one thing you said to me that really stood out is how completing your day is key in episodic television. And, you know, just would love to get more insight on that side as far as episodic television and how it works and all those things that go into it. Right. Well, that would be single camera episodic that we're talking about where there's two teams, right? There's only one DP usually, but mm -hmm. there's two first ADs in two seconds. So what happens is they're not both on set. One is prepping, and that's usually in the office, doing meetings with props and wardrobe and going on scouts and tone meetings and concept meetings. And that's what's happening usually in prep while somebody else is shooting on the stage. Not that you don't go and walk the stage or go and watch a scene or two being shot. And you know what I'm saying? But basically, while someone's shooting, another director is prepping because in single camera, that's kind of the only way it can really work because there's so many elements that go into it. You know, like I said, like the locations, are there set pieces that need to be built? Is it stunts? It, you know, it depends on what the episode is, but right. in order to prep that, you can't be shooting. You know what I mean? You can't go straight from shooting to shooting. You can do that in multicam. They, they have a much different schedule, right? That's more like a, what they call proscenium shows. And in the old days, they had an audience. But, you know, it's usually like three, four cameras. And that's a one-week schedule. And oftentimes, they have the same director for multiple episodes. Because you go in that your week is like you do the table read, you production meeting, you do maybe a little bit of rehearsal, but there's always a rewrite after the table. Then you get the production draft, put it up, you work with it, with the actors on the next day, usually do like a writer run through. Then you'll do a producer run through the next day. Then you start shooting the final two days. So the schedule is so different. You know, single camera, you're usually working 10 to 12 hours. In multicam, you only work those hours on the days you're shooting. The other days mm. are pretty normal. You go home and have dinner with your family usually. <laughs> so... What would you say, which, which would you say is more, I guess, and I don't want to, I don't want to dive into the question that I have for you later, but um, which would you say is more smooth? Like, does it more smooth? Oh, yeah. Any, any show with a really good executive producer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because they're both, you know, unique unto themselves. And it's like shooting single camera can go very smoothly. I mean, I, I always say there's a production vortex, the thing that happens that nobody has any control over. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. there are those elements, and I will say those happen more often 
in single camera, but only because the amount of days that you're out there in the field, you know, you're on location a lot more, you know, you're going to have more elements that are coming into your world, right? Mm -hmm. So in multicam sitcom, you're on a stage where pretty much everything is there to to kind of help you move forward. Like, mm -hmm. it's just different. They're just so different. And that, you know, not only the hours, the amount of prep, I'd love to retire on a multicam. <laughs> Why is that? Because you could have a really good life. <laughs> you know, I could have dinner five nights a week with my family, you work hard, but two days are long. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's just, I'm not taking away the simplicity of it because it's not simple to have a good sitcom. It's about timing. It's about pace. Mm -hmm. It's about character. Really do have to work out those beats and, and good jokes. All of that stuff still has to land. And sometimes with a lot more pressure because of the audience element and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you were saying too, like back, is it, is it not really a thing anymore for shows to be filmed in front of an audience? Well, I'm just saying, you know, because of the pandemic, that was a really got bad you. joke. <laughs> got you, got you. So that that that, that still is a thing. I, I'm not going to lie. I yeah, always wonder yeah. and people joke about there being a button or something that yeah, someone's no. pressing in. As a matter of fact, my son went to a comic show for this dude, Josh Johnson, and they had to test before they went. And it was all social distance in the club. And everybody had to keep their masks on, much like how they're doing on SNL. And uh, so that was the first time I think Comedy Central had shot anything with an audience in a while. Mm -hmm. It was very, very interesting. So I, I, I know when it comes to, uh, well, I don't, I know there is like an audience director, correct? Or audience producer, I forgot what the title Yes, is. yes, definitely. And what's on these you know sitcoms with the live audience before you know pre-covid what was what's usually happening there oh gosh it's so funny because i started as a page so usually you bring in like groups you know from san bernardino or there's a lot of buses that come in for those shows and oftentimes the bus is paid for so it's just i don't know how they do it now i know they have to blanket like for this show, the woman I know went into coffee shops and there were some places that were open, like limited or whatever for indoor. And, and she, I know she went and did stuff there. And she also has a list, you know, these people start to generate lists of people that they can bring. And yeah, it's really interesting, the audience business. Wow. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I, I would love to sit in on a, and I would have loved to sit in on some of the, older sitcoms like the you know everybody loves raymond or you know king of queens <laughs> yeah. and and just because i'm just sitting i'm just sitting here imagining like because being in the audience and it's so crazy how different things like because we we watch it on tv right yeah but i'm just thinking about how being there in person it really gives you this really a theatrical experience because it's, it would just be like going to watch any comedy play stage play yeah stage clip. play yeah for sure when i first moved to california i worked for that place i think i told you this peaches records and tapes that's why yep. i went there to work for them and i was working at the store on hollywood boulevard and 
I would come home on uh, Friday evenings early and I would always get pulled into the 5.30 taping of Soap. And it was fascinating to watch, fascinating. I'm not kidding you, Billy Crystal. I mean, it was like, wow. It was very, I'm just leaping on what you were saying about watching those shows. Like that was like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was really a trip. And I just watched that with such, and I tried, I must have gone at least a dozen times. <laughs> yeah, because um, we were shooting it at Sunset Gower and I lived right down the street. I was like such a Hollywood kid on Beachwood. Yeah. Oh man, that's so awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It's all going to be in the book. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back now for the interview. Uh, so, Linda, I'm going to go ahead and ask you some questions so that the listeners and myself can learn more about you, the things you do, and all the fun and exciting things that go along with that. So I'm going to go ahead and fire off with my first question. You know, we had a conversation about continuing education. What are some things that you have learned recently that have helped you grow in your career? I have learned recently and helped me grow. Well... I've learned how to make pitch decks, to be perfectly honest. I've learned how to put together a pitch deck to try to explain a look and tone of a movie or a TV show. I didn't think I had it in me, but, and it's hard work. It's really hard work. And I learned a lot about some new lenses, I will say. And some new technology, like I said, with the remote shooting and everything. It's uh, it, It's been a trip. I did a show called Yearly Departed that was on Amazon this year. It was an all-female comedy show. And we had to do that in one, two, three different sets because of COVID protocol. And mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be on the set together. So I had to very meticulously figure out how do I put these three sets into one room? So I really learned a lot in special effects and in storyboarding. It was a real challenge, I have to say. Okay. Yeah, I think I find pitch decks to be fun. (laughs) They are. I know it seems simple, but for me it was not because I'm not very technical. I would agree. I, I wouldn't say they seem simple either. Some of them can be a challenge depending on what you're trying to pitch. And then like, you know, the audience and everything like that. So, <laughs> so my next question, uh, you said that you enjoy just about every television production that you've worked on because they were, and I quote, a great experience. What makes a great experience for you? I just want to clarify that, that really what I was trying to say is no matter what the production is what you've been on because there have been tough ones you always end up having appreciation for it because mm. you become attached to the material the producer the you know what i mean right. whatever that is but really truly i think the the best experience is always when you're working with a fun and collaborative collaborative cast and crew because sometimes on some shows I've gone into, and it hasn't been necessarily like that. And 
And so for me, those are always the best when everybody's working together for the common goal. And I will say that of late, it has been mostly like that. People do want you to succeed. And, and I think if a director goes in prepared, but open to ideas that often would, I'm talking about freelance, right? Freelance mm-hmm. directors are different because you go from show to show and everybody has a different way of doing things. You know, I think a great experience for me has always been when I'm the most prepared and then able to jump off of that and really vibe with the crew and cast and come up with something even better. Got it. Speaking of directors, you know, in your opinion, what qualities are important to being a good director? You know, what makes some directors better than others? You know, I mean, here's the thing that I have found observing other directors, having worked for other directors, is that everybody's process is so different. And I learned early on that you can't really understand how somebody prepares. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, I do believe that preparedness is really important. I mean, because the director coming in, especially on a freelance show, knows more about the script than anybody that's working because they've been working. So it's your responsibility to make sure that everybody stays on track with story. Oh, is he angry here? No, he hasn't gotten mad yet. You know what I'm saying? Things like Mm -hmm. that. And helping to build the story visually also within the style of the show. Right. Yeah, it's just, you know, I try to have fun on every single show I go on. I, Mm -hmm. I laugh. I do mostly comedies. And I always laugh on the funny lines and rehearse and like I get it out. And and it's really helpful for the actors to know that it is funny and that it works. Yeah. <laughs> do you find do you find yourself doing like a lot of uh, I guess like retake? I, I I think about like the 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 like you, you stay on you watch the end of the movie or even at the end of a show and they they show the outtakes and they have to, especially like the comedies where it's like super funny and <laughs> everybody's having a good time and it's like, okay, cut, let's, you know, let's run that, let's run that back, let's shoot it again. Do you find that being the case? Well, sometimes, Cliff, I will say it is hard to know when to cut because you don't like, for instance, I was work, working with Whoopi Goldberg and you just don't know what she's going to do. So, I mean, I, it's like, you got to just keep rolling. And And they did do a couple of tosses back and forth, her and Megan Good on the show that I'm on. And and it was so funny. And I was laughing so hard. I mean, to myself, like choking. And Mm -hmm. he said, is someone going to call (laughs) cut? And I laughed out loud so hard. It was just so freaking funny. So, yeah, sometimes there are hard moments to know when to cut. And you don't ever want to. You know what I mean? So I will admit I've cut too early sometimes. And it's like, I hear the out and it's like, yes, that's it. And then I say cut and right then they're saying something brilliant. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to the best of everybody, I think. Yeah. It's gotta be a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I know we, we, we kind of talked about this in the previous segment when talking about episodic television, we really wanted to take a deep dive into this. If you could give us some insight into single camera and multi-camera, as well as the advantages and disadvantages of both from your point of view as a director. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with single camera. You definitely do get to be more creative in your choices of how you shoot 
a show because it's meant to be it's meant to feel different than a multicam, right? And even the cadence, the timing, everything is different. Um, you can let things land a little bit. You can really find transitions. And thing about, you'd said something earlier about, you know, like making your day. I would say that that's the one thing that's a, a little hard um, sometimes depending on page counts. It's because it does become about making your day. And the hardest thing to, to balance is making sure that you get what you need and then be able to move on because at the end of the day, if you don't have what you need, they're not going to remember that you finished a half hour early or finished a half hour late. All they're going to remember is that they don't have that one shot that they want. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's that, you know, like you're always like, balancing your day, timelining, how long do I need for this? How long do I need for that? And then if you balance something on top of that, it's going to be the shots. What are the priority shots you have to get? And it's just different. It's a harder grind single camera because you're up early, usually have seven or seven thirty starts. And like I said, they're usually 10 to 12 hour days and, and it's five days in a row shooting or six or eight, if you're doing a one hour. And uh, you know, that's, it's a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy. But it's fun. And the energy comes from being on set. Mm-hmm. For sure. It, it really, really does. I never sit on set. I'm always standing because I just have, I do have a lot of energy. <laughs> right, right. My GP, like I usually have one cup of coffee in the morning and that's it. And he's like, you have this much energy at, one, at six at night, <laughs> one cup of coffee. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, meanwhile, having a cup. I'm like, I would never sleep until tomorrow. Like, it really, it's like, affects me. I'm a lightweight. <laughs> anyway, so single camera, it, it's like great. It's really great. I mean, I, I have to say, Cliff, I love both genres because I grew up mm-hmm. watching All in the Family and, and Sanford and Son and Jefferson's and you know what I mean? I love that. What's happening? I love that genre. I have a real love for it. And I think it's because of the teleplay-esque-ness of it. I love theater. And it is like staging a little theater show, little something every week. You still have to hit the jokes and hit the heart and be on the right face at the right time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That, And I don't really see them so much as disadvantages is more just differences i guess understood fair enough (laughs) well thank you linda for again taking time out of your schedule to come on the same show i really appreciate it i really enjoyed having you on as a guest and would definitely i like to have you back on at some point in the future so thank you cliff thanks so much for having me i really enjoyed uh speaking with you and your very thoughtful questions and uh yeah very cool awesome awesome and listeners thank you guys again for continuing to listen to the same show tune in liking sharing and subscribing uh please continue to just uh share the word about saying show uh, appreciate it love you guys and remember you guys are listening to saying show the show about nothing and everything and until next mm-hmm. time we're out